of the Science Basement Podcast 2019. Yeah, we're back this year after we decided to take a long break because this year is the year in which both Stephanie and I are supposed to graduate. Yes, to yes. get our PhD. So we, we, we took a little January of, of working hard, but yes. now we're back. On papers and grants. Yes, yes. now we're back. <laughs> we're back. And let's go straight to our guest. Who is Stephanie? Today we have Marco Aljo from Alto University. He is studying uh, as a PhD researcher and working with um, plasma modeling of solar and wind interactions of comets, planets, moons, etc. And a lot of space stuff. A lot of space stuff. Uh, with a master's in theoretical physics from Kumpula Campus, University of Helsinki. So he used to be one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Marco. Mm. Hello. So, introduce a bit your, your uh, topic. But uh, in general terms, but then for this episode, we decided to focus on the moon, which is also a very relevant topic in this uh, period, and then we will explain why. Yes, uh, I do numerical modeling of uh, solar wind interactions in, in general with uh, small bodies, weakly magnetized bodies, so such as comets and uh, Venus, Mars, Mercury, the moon. And uh, comets is nowadays my main topic with the uh, ISAS Rosetta mission. And uh, I did do my uh, master's thesis in Kumpula on lunar magnetic anomalies, which would be today's topic. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the moon. So the moon is our is our our moon, <laughs> the only one we have. And what is the magnetic configuration of the moon? Because, for example, Earth has its own magnetic field, but the situation on the moon is different. Yes, uh, moon has no large scale magnetic field. It's uh, basically just a rock in space, <laughs> a spherical rock in, in space. But it does have uh, small localized magnetic regions on the order of, order of tens to hundreds of kilometers. And uh, you, can, you can measure those from the orbit, uh, like at 30 kilometers of altitude, and you can, you can start to see that there are, are some magnetized regions in, in the lunar crust. Okay, so you can even measure them from satellites. You don't even need to be on, on the yes. ground. Oh, yeah. okay. And why, what are you trying to get out of this? Well, it's a mystery to solve. <laughs> we don't know uh, the ex- exact history of lunar magnetism. So it probably had a dynamo at some point, but uh, nowadays it does not have a dynamo that would generate this sort of a global, a global magnetic field. But this... Uh, these crustal magnetic anomalies might be remnants of these. So under- understanding how, how this work is, uh, could be important in, in looking at the actual development history of the, of the Moon and, and in general the Moon-Earth system. But also, I guess, also for uh, planets that do not have today magnetic field, because the same situation is on Mars, I think. So Mars doesn't have nowadays its own magnetic field like Earth, but it has localized magnetic field, for example, at the South Pole. Yes, on the yeah, on the southern hemisphere there are kind of large, large magnetized regions as well, Mm-mm. which are actually quite strong. So were you investigating the causes of like magnetic field stripping from the Moon? Um, not as such. We are what what I have been doing with with the Moon is uh, is. Solar wind interactions, mm-hmm. as, as per my, my kind of this overarching topic. And I've been trying to understand how, how does the solar wind impact these, these magnetic 
analytic anomalies and how does it reach the lunar surface around these and inside of these magnetic anomalies because it might be that they don't uh, the solar wind don't re- doesn't reach uh, the lunar surface at these uh, magnetic anomaly sites forming kind of mini uh, scale magnetospheres mm-hmm. yeah so the let's talk about like the large scale of the of the moon system so for example earth as its own magnetic, like its own dynamo, its own magnetic field, which uh, by interaction with the solar wind forms its own magnetosphere. How is the situation on the moon? Uh, Do we have only these small magnetospheres forming above the um, uh, localized magnetic field? Do we have some large structure that encompasses the whole moon? Mm. No, there's there's no no sort of a large scale global structure other than than the solar wind just directly uh, reaching the surface of the moon and leaving behind behind the moon a wake that is uh, kind of a even even more empty space than space itself as in <laughs> solar wind and that that also that do, that does have some interesting phenomena at this this vacuum interface when the solar wind starts to fill in the wake so that's kind of a region for kinetic physics, which I have not looked into. <laughs> or not, not, yet. Yet. not yet. Not yet. So these little magnetic bubbles, let's call yeah, them yeah, magnetic okay. bubbles. I was going to say, like, are they like little umbrellas in the mm. bubbles? Okay. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I like the idea of the umbrellas. Yeah, let's call them the magnetic umbrellas. With, uh, from the solar wind. <laughs> <laughs> and um, which simulation uh, are you using? Uh, we are using a hybrid description, uh, plasma simulations uh, based on a code that was originally developed at the Finnish Meteorological Institute by uh, Esa Kallio and Pekka Janhonen. And that's uh, been uh, following us into Aalto <laughs> ever since. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the code that I have been using for several years now. And you can apply that to... Any unmagnetized body, so for example, uh, Venus yeah. and Mars, comets. Yes, yes, and uh, uh, slightly magnetized as well, such as Mercury. The, the thing with uh, hybrid uh, description models is that when once you have a strong magnetic fields, uh, the demands for the simulation, the computational time of the simulation uh, increase rapidly. So it's uh, really uh, expensive to do for example, uh, simulation, simulations of the, of the Earth, one, for one, for the strong magnetic fields, and for the second, that it's a really a large uh, system compared to, to Mars and, and Mercury, for example. And you've been comparing different so comets or planets and moons. What is it that you're looking for in all this comparison? Or why? You, how do you choose what you're looking at? Uh, that, that's a good question. <laughs> Uh, I do what happens to uh, look interesting, okay. basically. Okay. <laughs> or where where we where we have uh, measurement data, for example, mm-hmm. as as with uh, SS Rosetta mission. Okay. And actually, talking about measurements, one thing that I wanted to ask. Um, so the moon is the only body in space other than Earth that we have visited with actual humans. <laughs> like we went there, well, not not the three of us. So since the moon has been considered like explored, a lot of interest has maybe gone. Uh, so there have been less missions to the moon. 
than, than for example, we have had at Mars. Uh, so which data are you using at the Moon? At the Moon? Uh, are there yeah. any spacecraft right now orbiting the Moon? Yeah, yeah, but... What uh, is going on I, on the I, Moon? I mean, there, there are plenty of lunar missions. Okay. Just like the recent uh, Chinese lander. And we are actually uh, try, trying to put up a, a, a lunar magnetic observatory. Mm-hmm. We have this uh, project going on at, at Aalto University, which is really interesting. Uh, but what I what I used previously was uh, an, was was data from an Indian spacecraft Chandrayaan, which had an energetic uh, neutral atom imager in it, and uh, the thing is that when solar wind uh, impacts the surface of the moon, it can uh, eject. Uh, neutral hydrogen atoms, for example, and we can use these to be to image the surface of the moon and the velocity at which solar wind impacts the surface of the moon as well as the flux. So, when uh, when these magnetic anomalies uh, affect the solar wind flow that reaches the surface, then we can use this sort of a remote imaging uh, instrument to infer what kind of, uh, for example, uh, electric potential is, is on the surface. So we can get the deceleration of solar wind parcels as they reach the, reach the, reach the lunar surface. Are there landers? Uh, oh, okay, apart from... Let's talk, okay, let's talk about this Chinese lander that just landed on the famous dark side of the moon, which obviously is not a real dark side. Do you want to explain why, Marco? It's the far side. Yes. Far that's side. that's uh, maybe a better term, since it's the side uh, that, we never, that see. we never see that's always outside of the out, uh, on the other side of the moon <laughs> <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> uh, yeah so because the when the moon when the moon um, rotates it's always exposing the same face towards us but but yes. now the chinese have landed something there yes they have and uh, the, they have the really interesting experiment of growing cotton yes. on, on the lander uh-huh which uh, reminds of, of this uh, old uh, Alma Gestum Novum, in, I think it was 15 or 16th century, with uh, the first kind of total lunar map of the, of the near side, which had this uh, small inscription on top, on top of the map that no one, in, in Latin of, of course by that time, uh, that no one can ever go go there and no nothing can ever grow there. Uh-huh. So both of those have now been shown to be false. Oh wow! <laughs> they also put a fruit fly. Oh. Eggs. Fruit fly <laughs> eggs. Yes. So on the moon. Yes. On. Isn't that against like space contamination laws? Well, they had some sort of capsule with ah, okay. stuff and wanted to see if they could grow some sort of little ecosystem there. Yeah, like if we didn't have enough fruit flies here on Earth, <laughs> we have to export them. Okay, mm, I see, flies. I see. Uh, but for the dark side, there is actually an, another way to look at it. Because uh, as, as the moon passes through the magnetosphere of the Earth, then the side that actually faces the Earth when it's in, in the uh, Earth's magnetotail is actually the, the near side. So that will actually get less of solar wind. Uh, impacting on it, as oh. filtered by the magnetosphere of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's Where, true. Whereas the far side is always, when it's uh, in between Earth and the 
and the sun, then it's directly in, in the solar wind. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so you can get a lot of different uh, measurements. How is the orbit of the moon distributed? When, uh, how much time does it spend outside of Earth magnetosphere and how much time does it spend inside? It's um, maybe one third of the, of the orbit is inside the moon sphere. Okay. We had one talk before about solar wind, how it can affect our communications on Earth. But how about, not, not if we were standing on the moon, how it would affect us, but what, what other effect? would a rocky body have by being bombarded by solar wind? Uh, what, what, is, what would be the effect of the solar wind on this yes. rocky body? That's uh, actually one of the things that is uh, related to these magnetic anomalies, because in conjunction with these magnetic anomalies you can see these sorts of uh, lunar uh, swirls, like lighter regions compared to the surroundings. And uh, there are several hypotheses on how that happens, but uh, maybe the most most uh, compelling to me, at least, maybe because it's my relates to my subject, is that it, this is caused by uh, space weathering of the lunar regolith, so that uh, so exposure to solar wind over long time time scales actually processes the material, uh, making it. Uh, redder, for example. And there's some interesting chemistry, which I have, I have no idea what that is, or <laughs> how it works, but something about nanophase iron and so on, okay. that can be produced by these solar wind particles. Okay. Yeah, what is actually the... So regolith is the uh, lunar soil, lunar soil uh, material. Well, what is it made of? I think it's... Uh, well, I'm not a geologist. Yeah, that's it's, true. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like olivine and, and stuff. Stuff. <laughs> rocks. It's made of rocks, of yes. lunar rocks. And actually, like that you talked about it, this uh, magnetic station on the moon, can you talk about the project or is, this, or is it classified? Uh, well, since, since there was a theater to be a video about this released a couple of days ago, I don't think it's very classified anymore. Okay, oh, the one that <laughs> we can definitely link the, the video in the description box. And yes. since there is a video which is public, then you can totally tell us about it. Please tell us more. Yeah, the idea would be to drop off these small, kind of almost credit card sized uh, magnetometers mm -hmm. on the surface in some sort of, a, some sort of an array oh. that we could then use to... Uh, See, see how solar wind structures propagate, propagate, propagate to the surface of the, of the moon or magnetospheric structures in case we are inside the magnetosphere, which would be uh, probable. And, uh, and how, how, the, how the moon, moon uh, lunar rocks would actually, what would be their, their response to this, this uh, solar wind magnetic fields, for example. Cool, cool, cool. And how does the solar wind interact with, okay, so, for example, okay, the moon doesn't have an atmosphere, but if you have Venus, so, yeah. so for example, here we can see the nice northern lights, but what's, what kind of difference would you see in these different, very different celestial bodies that you're looking at? Uh, yeah, yeah for, for Earth, with the large-scale magnetic field, the magnetic field will keep the solar wind pretty much quite far away from, from the upper atmosphere of the Earth. But uh, with uh, Venus, which does not have, have a magnetic field, uh, at least any measurable one, 
that nothing like that has been found. There, uh, the upper atmosphere of Venus is directly in contact with the solar wind, but then again, the upper atmosphere of, uh, rather, the whole atmosphere of Venus is very, very thick, and the and the ionosphere of of Venus actually presents a sufficient uh, barrier through which the solar wind cannot penetrate, okay. as the plasma cannot mix very well. Okay, so it has its own little umbrella. <laughs> it, it kind of has, but it, it does have a, uh, the upper layers of, of its atmosphere getting stripped off mm-hmm. constantly by the solar wind. Oh. Yeah, so for example, on Venus and Mars, uh, they don't have their magnetic field, like large global ones, but they have an ionosphere which means they have a bubble around the planets made of ions, which are um, atoms that are charged. So this interaction makes this one thing that is called induced magnetosphere. Okay. That we don't have on the moon because the moon doesn't have an ionosphere. I'm not very expert on the moon, yes. actually, yes. so that's moon, why I'm asking. Yeah, moon, moon does not have, an, have a... And that's, why, <laughs> and that's why the solar wind can bombard yes. the... Yes. And the surface directly. Yes. And, the, and this is true for asteroids and comets far, far away from the sun as well. Uh, what do you mean with far away from the sun? Well, when comets come closer to the sun, they start to outgas uh, volatiles like water. Oh, and, and that be, so, that, so that becomes an ionosphere as that, well? That becomes uh, this cometary coma, the oh. expanding mm-hmm. shell of gas around the com- comets that we can actually see if it's a sufficiently strong comet. And that will then then again uh, affect the solar wind, and at some point when it's when it has sufficiently strong outgassing, it can block the solar wind from approaching to the towards the nucleus of the comet. Oh, that's very cool. So comets like change their interaction with the solar wind according to how close they are to the yes. sun. <gasps> this is so cool. Yes. Yeah, but that's true. They are a very cool subject. Yeah, because yeah, it's true because their temperature um, their temperature increases with the sol. If, if they get close enough to the sun, then stuff evaporates and it creates protective bubble. Cool. Yes. So, now, one very private question. Of all these bodies that you study, which one is your favorite? <laughs> Do you prefer Ooh. mom or dad? Churimov <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gerasimenko. So, the, um, the comet, comet that was... Comet 67B, yes. The comet that was visited by Rosetta. Okay. Yes. Why? It looks cool. <laughs> we have a and we have a nice couple of years uh, of data from from this solar wind interaction through different levels of cometary activity mm-hmm. through different heliocentric distances. Okay. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Uh, well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a an article in in a review currently. Mm-hmm. On how to how to uh, use the Rosetta measurements of cometary ions getting accelerated by the solar wind uh, far in front of the comet, and to see how how that could be used to uh, uh, to uh, see what is happening with the with the uh, solar wind comet interaction, mm-hmm. because the Rosetta probe was very very close uh, to the nucleus for basically the whole mission in terms of uh, plasma interactions. So we, we, for example, never never saw a, a bow shock type of structure, a fully formed one, with with Rosetta. Mm-hmm. We were way, much too close to the to the nucleus to see it. And by bow shock, you mean the 
this little structure where uh, it's a shock wave that forms like where the solar wind like when the solar wind impacts so yeah yeah bow shocks happen happen when you have a a flow that encounters an obstacle and the flow is such that it has some signal velocity with uh, like like for example would be a supersonic flow in in around uh, airplanes uh, that would cre- that would create a, bo- a bow shock for the airplane uh, for the plasma in, in solar wind uh, it's a similar process but then then again the sound waves that uh, propagate there are a bit different than those those in in a kind of a fluid gas like a collisional gas like we have we are breathing here uh, but comets are kind of a special case since the cometary uh, atmosphere is ever expanding and it, it presents this sort of a gradual uh, gradually uh, thickening obstacle so so the inbound solar wind can be slowed down by these freshly ionized uh, cometary ions gradually so it could be possible that they would be slowed down to subsonic speeds without a proper bow shock forming mm-hmm. yeah comments sound cool also yeah. the moon is cool everything in space is cool when you said that you like how it looks yes how do you look at your data well uh, the cometary nucleus is uh, we have plenty of photographs from from it and mm-hmm. it has nice shape models so it's this sort of a two uh, uh, bilobate object like two different sized lobes looks like a rubber duck yeah well yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the technical thing <laughs> and uh yeah it's just a like cool kind of a rigid uh does different geologies and so on on the surface of it. it also has some kind of a ripples in the in the cometary surface regolith that look like they would be formed like by by some wind which it uh, doesn't really happen are we going to go to the moon soon i don't know <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go to the moon sure really yeah, okay. like a quick trip yeah i mean I how, how much time there. does it take to get to the moon actually a few days oh okay yeah much quicker than mars I think maybe but then you have because of this no atmosphere then you have like um, this extreme temp yeah this extreme temperatures and then now you have to deal with the solar wind <laughs> and now you have to deal with yeah, the solar, and, uh, so solar, solar radiation so if there's some, some large uh, solar storm heading your way then you better take cover or you get cancer or something mm-hmm. so yeah yes it's it's not uh, simple <laughs> yeah yeah it's very interesting that uh, if you are on the moon and uh, ahead of Earth, so you're in full solar wind, you have zero protection, basically. Because, mm. like, for example, from Mars and Venus, you get this very little protection. But yeah. from the Moon, it's, like, really nothing. Yeah. yeah. And so the... we definitely can't move to the Moon, guys. So that's what we're aiming yeah. for Mars? We can yeah, just go for a quick trip to the Moon, but we can't move there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, a... it's pretty much the same for Mars, because most of the uh, protection comes from having a thick atmosphere. At Mars does not have that either. Mm, that's true. But it can be used to as an observatory yes. platform. Yes. <laughs> Shall we say Tagore? Yes. Okay. 
Although now, um, you know, with Elon Musk and uh, an artist, um, they're, they're trying to make a... Okay, now I don't know the technical term, but this type of visit that you don't stop or you just go... Fly by. Yeah, this artist fly by. Yes. Whoa, whoa, what? Oh, I had heard. Yeah. It's called... My... Okay. I will look for it. But it's, uh, it's that they will select a group of artists, like painters and writers and so on, uh, movie makers, and then they will... Have a flyby of the moon. Yes, and then they will tell about their experience through they will art. Create, they will create. I don't know their experience. Create art. Dear moon. What? What? Dear moon. Dear moon. Yeah. Oh. Is there a date for that? Probably. It's with Elon Musk. Okay, look it up. But yeah. Yeah. Let's just ask him. Let's just ask <laughs> Elon. Tweet at him. <laughs> I just WhatsApp him. <laughs> It's a lunar tourism mission and art project, conceived and financed by Japanese billionaire Yusaku Masawa. Uh, it will inc- include several artists and uh, one or two crew members from uh, onboard SpaceX spacecraft. Is there a date? The project was unveiled in September 2018, and the flight is expected to occur no later than 2023. Wow! 2023. That's quite soon. Next four years. But we've been to the moon already. I'm waiting for, for visiting other stuff. Yeah, but this is not like a science, for research. Yeah, it's not for research, I know. So this is... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's cool. Very cool. So time to play our first category of 2019. Are you ready, Marco? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> you will be. So uh, we have five categories. You will select uh, a random letter uh, by clicking on the random letter generator in uh, on Stephanie's phone. And we have two minutes to fill the five categories with um, something that starts with the letter that we pick. Yeah, and we have uh, two minutes to uh, fill uh, the categories with something that starts with the letter that you will pick. And we will do three rounds. So if the first one goes bad, don't worry, we can can get better with, with practice. So the five categories for this episode will be number one, everything about Mars, uh, the moon. You know... Some planet <laughs> thing, <laughs> space stuff. I confused the rocks okay? <laughs> they, they are just rocks, whatever. No, I'm joking. Everything about the moon. Rock on. Rock on. <laughs> Number two, uh, since uh, Marco, you are um, a young uh, scientist, a PhD student, but you have a lot of publications, so we decided to play with you at, ge- at guessing how to get international collaborators. So you will teach us all the tricks. Number three will be things to do during a sit-sit. And we have the occasion to explain this very uh, Finnish uh, traditional thing called sit-sit. Do you want to explain what it is? Uh, it's a, a sit-down with a, with a large group of students with a, you know, the three-course meal and uh, drinks and Singing and a lot of singing. Singing, yeah, drinking songs. <laughs> and it's a big part of students' life uh, here in Finland. Number four, the next celestial body to visit, and that's exactly what we were talking before mm-hmm. about. So we have been to the moon. What next? And we can get creative in here. And number five, magnetic fields to measure, since you work so much with magnetic fields and interactions. Uh, of magnetized structures and stuff. We can measure a lot of magnetic fields in the universe, so we will talk about those. 
I guess we are ready to start. So yes. Stephanie, uh, give your give the give your power to Marco, and then we start. Okay. One and one, two, three. Go. Uh, D. And we start in three, two, one. No. Everything about the moon. The do we dark have a side. Dark side. Which the, is not a thing. It's not a thing, but it's so famous that it's great. The dark side. The dark side of the moon. How to get internal international international collaborators. Design. No, no, so we have to finish all oh. of them. Yes, yes. Okay. design an experiment together. Uh, that's good work. Yeah. 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 Design experiment. Things to do during a sit sit. Well, drink. drink. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. I was like, what do we do? You could dance. That's true. You could oh, yeah. dance on a table. Okay. Next celestial body to visit. Is there any other moon that starts with D? In Deimos. Yes. Which is which is a moon of of Mars. I didn't know. Phobos and Deimos. Oh, maybe I heard of it actually. Okay. And they're both smaller than our moon, right? Yeah. And also, and also yeah. they're not as, yeah, as nice really, and, really and, and spherical. Just small asteroids, basically. Yeah, they're not okay. as nice and spherical as our moon. We have the best moon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and now magnetic field to measure. What has a magnetic field? Go Stephanie. Go Stephanie. Go Stephanie. No. Derivative of. Derivative of what? Of magnetic field. With the difference of delta of magnetic field over time. That's uh, what how you do like aurora predictions. Okay. We go with derivative of, which is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> which is a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but we will make it count. How much time do we have left? Did you? You, know, you did not. <laughs> it was not working anymore. Infinite time. Infinite time. Well, well, we finished. I think we did it in two minutes, so we're fine. <laughs> yes, and this designing of experiments. I mean, I think when you, especially when the, some other lab has an instrument that you don't, then it's really good to collaborate. You can go yes. visit them and uh, instrument or a model. Oh, okay. So that's that's what what I have been doing quite a lot is that. That we have, we provide modeling support for other teams, and we provide them. They want to uh, study some some object that, like uh, Mercury, or at uh, different solar wind uh, conditions, and how the solar wind will impact the surface. How that would sputter, sputter uh, material from the surface of Mercury, for example. And so we have a model that can do this, and then we just like, hey, let's we can do this. So you want you need this data. So okay. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Let's do papers. Yes. Nice. Cool. Let's do it again, and this time I make sure that the, <laughs> the timer starts. Go for it. <laughs> See. Three, two, one. Now it did start. Craters. Craters. Yes. Oh, that's true. There are a lot of them. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Craters, yes. I bet. There are a lot of craters on the moon. How to get international collaborators? Call. <laughs> call? <laughs> so yeah. call me, maybe. <laughs> we'll write yeah, our paper. That, 
Okay. Yeah, that works. Calling. Calling. Um, things to do during a sit sit. Let's see. Let's see. I don't know much about sit sit. So. No. <laughs> do you put costumes? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you can you can have a theme sit sit. Yeah. So, which would be a costume party? Costume party. Good catch. There was once this uh, German-themed sit-sit uh, with like East and West Germany. Oh, oh, wow. Barrier in between and and that barrier was torn, torn down uh, At the end. Be- before uh, dessert. Oh, oh that's cool. cool. <laughs> Next I'll ask your body to visit. Comet. Yeah. Comet. Comets. Which we are trying to work on. Mm. Designing a Comet Interceptor mission. It's a, well, in the proposal phase too. Hopeful that it will go through. We're always hopeful. Magnetic fields to measure. That's serious. Well, also to visit, to visit. Oh, comets and yeah, comets. And also we (laughs) should ah comets. And also we should totally visit Ceres. Yes. Which is the biggest body in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. But probably we should first stop. On Mars, to Mars on the way, and, yeah. then, we, and yeah. then we go straight Could to Mars. Yeah, probably. And five, four, three, two, one. Ta-da. You see, this time I did. Yeah, it's pretty much time. And the last one. Why? Oh, great. <laughs> why, why? Why, why? We got, we got nice letters before. Three, two, one, go. Everything about the one with why. That's, that's odd. Let's start with international mm. collaborators. Yeah. Yelling. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Do you hey, want to look, work look with me? me. <laughs> look at my data. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yelling. I, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> Yelling. Hey, work with me. Things to do during sit sit. Yelling. Yelling. <laughs> the worst. Well, even though it's a bit impolite. Well, I mean, you can yelling while singing. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, people yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah. Especially towards the end of the evening when everyone has been drinking a bit too much and they can't hear <laughs> that one. Next celestial body to visit. You know what? I know about nothing that starts with wine. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. Yellow Isn't stars. It? You know the yellow. Oh, the <laughs> stars have, have class colored yeah, classes. Yeah, sure. Yellow class star. <laughs> or I'll take that. Yellow class because we don't use that. We don't use the official the official you know uh, letter for classifying stars. We use the colors. No yellow color. No, the color is because of the temperature. So yellow temperature star. Okay. Yep. Yep. We will go to a star and burn on the way. And now magnetic fields to measure. That can be also something on Earth that starts with Y. Y component. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then you just have to choose the coordinate system. Yes. So in any Cartesian coordinate system, we have X, Y, and Z. We measure the Y. Of so we have y, y component and derivative of. Yeah, that was a nice <laughs> answer. We have been <laughs> stretching a lot in it. Uh, we only missed everything about the moon. Oh, Ooh, no. That's the only thing we haven't done. Yes. 
Well, we did pretty, pretty well. But no, I know about nothing with, with Y on the moon. No, I'm still going to keep. No, there's no. some crater named after some dude with whose name oh, is yeah. Y, but I don't yes. remember any. Sorry, I was just thinking. We're talking about the project Dear Moon and the fi- the Japanese billionaire financing this project to the moon is called Yusaku Maeswa. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know to write Yusaku. Okay. A bit after time, but yeah, it's good. It's so, about the moon. Yeah, he's uh, sponsoring a trip for a non-research, you know, an artistic, which is also in a way a research you know, we should find information about this project and maybe put it in the description box because yeah. now I got very interested. Yes. But, okay. So, um, after this category, I just wanted to share with you a little anecdote. And it is about the moon. Which is how we usually conclude each episode. We have a science anecdote. So yeah. today, Steph, we will listen to Stephanie and then comment. Yes. yes. So the anecdote is exactly about this... Um, Land, this Chinese landing in the dark side of the moon. And it is a Chinese lunar exploration program, which they called, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's Change Project. Um, they have had already three before last year's. Last year was the fourth one, which happened in December 18, and they planned a fifth one this December 2019. So for the first time ever, even though uh, we had been able to remotely look at the dark side, uh, the far side, um, this is the first time that we're actually, we have landed um, on this side. And um, yeah, so they landed, it's a new territory. And they landed in the, in a South Pole Aitken Basin. They wanted to study, um, so geology, solar wind as well, and so on. But part of the mission was to see how plants would grow for future sort of maybe food or so on. Um, so they had a little capsule, and in that they had planted different seeds. Um, one of was a little cotton seed, and it actually sprouted. Um, so there was an actual sprouting plant in the moon for a couple of days. <laughs> um, however, because um, the night arrived eventually, um, then the temperatures plummet and then it was not anymore uh, heated, and therefore it died. So it, it was it, it sprouted and then died in, in, moon, in the moon. <laughs> so apparently they also put some fruit fly eggs to see if there was some... Imagine, some little animal coming. Don't insect. contaminate the moon, please, with fruit yeah, flies. Just think how confused the flies were there. As far as I read, the sources, they didn't know if, if any hatched. Okay, so this was a very interesting story, very news. Like, uh, when, when did the uh, lander land? Uh, 4th of December last year. So, uh, like, uh, just almost two months ago. Okay. Yeah, and then the little plant happened. And then next time, maybe we will bring magnetometers to measure. Hopefully, yes. The, to measure the magnetic field on the moon. Yay! Okay. But the, but the Chinese National Space Administration will send another one this year. So let's wait also for that one. Yeah, a lot of missions on the moon. It's good that after, after you know, the 60s and 70s, uh, there is still interest on the moon. Well, sure. I mean, I guess it's like a... No celestial body left behind, Stephanie. No. We have to take care of all of them. Great. Has anybody seen the first man? 
Now we have to mention movies. Oh yeah, well, we always mention movies. Uh, I wanted to when I was in the US last December, but apparently they had already removed it from every from every uh, cinema, so no, didn't manage to. But I totally will at some point. Let's go together. I haven't seen it. I don't think it's still here. Oh, right, yes. Well, we will wait. Maybe when the DVD comes out, <laughs> we will watch it. Definitely. Uh, Marco, thank you very much for explaining us uh, some new stories about the moon and how the solar wind affects stuff around us and more or less, more or less close to us. Yes, thank you very much. And this was the first episode for this new year, which is not super new right now, but anyway... Uh, it's still January. Still January, so happy January. <laughs> and, and see you throughout this new year. Yay. Bye. 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 The science is